This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. Hey, Ark Church, welcome to Ark Online. Glad you could be joining us this evening or whatever time that you are watching. This is what we're calling our Wednesday night kitchen table at the Ark. If you and I sat down over the kitchen table and just visited, had a cup of coffee or water, I think, tonight, and, uh, and just talked about some things that you're dealing with, things that, that we deal with in life, what kind of perspective would we bring? And so we want to do that. We're going to first, though, answer a couple of questions. This is your opportunity to send in some questions. I have no idea what they are. And so hopefully Matt didn't send me some ringers. My spouse is a non-believer. I pray for God to change their heart. Are there any scriptures I can pray over them? That's a great question. Um, I think one of the best scriptures that you can pray over them is a scripture in Ephesians. And I'm going to turn there. It's Ephesians, the first chapter. Paul prayed these prayers, but it's a, it's a prayer of enlightenment that they would see. And in Ephesians, the first chapter, Paul said, I pray that the, in verse 16, said, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you would know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe. And so I would, I would put my spouse's, um, I'll put his name right there and say, Lord, that you would give him the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. And just pray, Lord, because he just needs to see it. He needs, he needs revelation. So ask also that someone would send laborers across his path. Jesus was talking to, the, to the, his disciples after he talked to the woman at the well. He said, the harvest is white, the laborers are few. Pray that the Lord of the harvest would send forth laborers into his harvest. And so pray that God would send someone to your husband or to your wife, if you have a, a, an unbelieving uh, spouse, that they will listen to. Send a laborer and then be willing to be a laborer if you have an opportunity to shine your light for someone else. Great question. What's the next one, man? I have a question about faith. How do I make it stronger? Which scriptures are part of the Bible? Can I find faith-building tips? That's a good, another great question. Actually, the, uh, the best way to, to make your faith stronger is to feed it. And you feed your faith by, by scriptures. And in Romans uh, chapter 10, I believe it's verse 17, it says, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by God's word. And so it's, it's God's word that brings faith to us. Now, if you're going to start in, um, if you're looking for faith-building tips, Hebrews, the 11th chapter, kind of gives you some picture, great picture examples of how people live by faith, what it looked like in their lives. But really, just picking up the Bible and reading it, especially in the New Testament. Sometimes you can get back over there in the Old. Now, I, I read a lot out of the Old, but I, I want to find out in the New Testament what my covenant with God is, the one that Jesus uh, got for me. And so I'll spend more time there in the, in the New Testament. But if you just begin to do that on a regular basis, you're going to find that your faith begins to grow. Faith comes by hearing. It's not a feeling. It comes by hearing and hearing by God's word. So that's, that's as you feed it, it gets stronger. Great questions. We're going to take just a moment and talk about our stewardship, our, our giving, even though that we're not having church physically, we're still doing church. We're still reaching out. We're helping a couple of our schools. We're doing some things in the area. We continue to reach out to our missionaries. We continue to put content out for you. We've got some great things coming up we're going to tell you about in a few weeks. 
but we're still doing the work of God. We're still supporting the work of God. And we appreciate all of you who continue to give. You can give online. I think they have some different ways that you can give there. It's online. You can go to ARC. There it is, ARC. Online, ARC Info. You can mail in. You can bring in. And uh, we appreciate your faithfulness. I want to I wanna just share something with you today that I saw uh, just in our reading just recently. And I realized... Uh, how easy it is sometimes when you're praying and maybe you're praying about finances or you're praying about a difficulty, how easy it is to start with the problem. And uh, man, I, I found myself doing it. I got, I, uh, I, a lot of times I'll get up early. I'll pray in my, uh, uh, I'm in the bed. I'm sitting up. I got Bible spread around. That, that's my place. The dog comes up and, and joins me on occasion. But uh, as I'm praying, I, uh, I started right off with the problem. God, here's, here's the, and I caught myself. And I realized it is so easy when we, when we pray just to immediately jump to the problem. And in the book of Nehemiah, we've been reading that in our Old Testament Bible 365. You can read the New Testament in a whole year. You can read parts of the Old Testament during the course of the year too if you want to read extra. And I would encourage you to do that. There's some good stuff there. But this, look at this verse in Nehemiah. This was a prayer. They, they begin to pray and the Levites said, stand up and bless the Lord your God forever and ever. Blessed be your glorious name, which is exalted above all blessing and praise. You alone are the Lord. You have made heaven, the heaven of heavens with all their host, the earth and everything on it, the seas and all that is in them. You preserve them all. The host of heaven worships you. I, I like, this is how they started this prayer. Now they go through some other things and, and they talk about some other, but they start off with the bigness of God. And so I, I just want to encourage you. Maybe, maybe your, your financial situation is really starting to weigh in on you. Maybe it's other situations that are, are weighing in on you. But the best way to start praying about it is not, God, I need help. God, it start off with how big he is. God, you are the God you made the heavens, you made the earth. That phrase has just stuck out to me so much lately as I realize we, one of the things we need is a bigger vision of who God is. And he's made the heavens, he made the earth. He's a big God. He preserves them, he sustains them. He's big. And he's bigger than your problem, he's bigger than my problems. But if I start off with the problem, it, 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 I gotta work my way into getting God bigger when I start with how big God is. And it helps me put my problem in perspective. Sometimes I can just be walking around the home thinking about a problem or walking around the office thinking about some situation that I'm dealing with. And I'll remind myself, God, you're the God of heavens and the earth. You know, Jesus even prayed that way. He said, you're the Lord of heaven and earth. And it reminds me you're bigger than what I'm dealing with. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that you are the God of heavens and earth. You made this. You made the earth, everything on it. You made the oceans, everything in them. You stretched out the heavens like a curtain. And so, Father, thank you that you're bigger than any problem we're dealing with. And we worship and exalt you as our God. Father, I pray for people who are dealing with challenges financially. And I ask that you would not just help them out financially, but begin to increase their vision that you can sustain them and be the source of their life. Father, for those who have been so faithful to give and to sow, thank you for an expectancy in their heart that a harvest is coming they can reap. You say, whatever man sows, that will he also reap. So Father, we're grateful for that. I give you thanks for that. We thank you for the harvest that during these dark times, you show up even bigger 
and even stronger. You're our God. We give you all the praise. Bless the gift and the giver. In Jesus' name, amen. We've been doing a, uh, a series called Keeping Courage, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to adjust that tonight and start on something different. I want to talk uh, and start a new series. It's related, uh, but I want to talk about improving your perspective, improving your outlook, improving how you see things in life. I think sometimes when we sat down and you said, hey, Alan, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm just struggling with some things. I'm struggling with some areas. Uh, this is difficult or I'm going through difficult times. Listen, everyone is going through difficult times. Everyone goes through different challenges. We just hide it and mask it differently. But the idea is, how do we get over these things? And oftentimes what we find out is it's not just the problem we're dealing with. It's our perspective of the problem that makes the biggest difference. Now, our text scripture, we're going to use this. and I'm going to, I'm going to go back to this because our perspective also deals with our heart. And so this is a big subject, and, and we're going to take a look at it for, for a few weeks. Our heart and our perspective, how they're interrelated, and how by changing that and improving it, it really improves the quality of our life. And that's, I think that's something all of us would like. Our text scripture is Proverbs 4.23. says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it, out of your heart, spring the issues of life. Now, remember last week we talked about Paul place the emphasis on the spiritual. He talked about the, the spiritual part of man. He called his difficulties light and momentary. I know that kind of stuck with people. You know, my, my difficulties are light and momentary. You're like, I don't know, Paul. I'm, I'm not seeing things from your perspective, but that's what he called them. And he encouraged us looking past the temporary to the eternal. He said, you know, the things that we see down here are all subject to change. You realize this pandemic? Subject to change. This this uncertainty that we're dealing with, subject to change. It's going to change. And so we have to not just keep focusing on this. We have to focus beyond it. So I want to talk just a little bit about where we keep our minds makes a big difference. Romans, the eighth chapter, verse five and six says, for those who live according to the flesh, set their mind on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit, for to be carnally or fleshly minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Well, that's a, that's a real interesting verse right there. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. So a good question is, is what are you looking at? And another, I guess a better question is, where are you looking? So oftentimes we're, what we're looking at is we're looking at the things that are, are changing, the things that are temporary, things that are bad, but those don't always minister life and peace to us. And so this is, this is a connection with the heart. We're more than just a mind or brain and a body. The most important part of us is our spirit. Now in 1 Thessalonians 5th chapter, verse 23, Paul, is, Paul is, uh, is, is talking to the church. He said, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you or separate you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he, Paul starts with the most important part of us first. A lot of times you hear people say body, mind, and spirit. It's spirit, soul, and body. So we want to place the emphasis on where the scriptures place the emphasis. They place the spiritual part first. And it's the spiritual part that, that it's eternal in us. It's the spiritual part. Have you ever been to a funeral? You know that when you often, have you ever walked by a casket? I've heard this so many times. 
People walk by a casket, they see the body there, they go, that's not them. That's not them. That's just their body. That's just their shell. And without the spirit in there, there's no life there. So we're more than just a body. We're more than just a brain. People talk about all the, all the wonderful things that come out of our brain. Actually, there's a lot more connected with our spirit than just, just our brain. Because if you really stop and think about it, we leave our brain behind when we go. We don't take it with us. But yet we still have the ability to, to function and still have the ability to see and recognize. So our mind is somewhere associated with our, our spirit and we keep that. And I, I need to jump into that sometime later. That's a, that's a great topic. But I, I, I've been around and I, I know Joy has been around people who are been, have been in comas. And Joy was praying one time with a lady in a coma and... Um, all of a sudden, she heard Joy's voice and Joy began to pray in the Spirit and she spoke up. She said, Joy. And then she began to pray in the Spirit as well and, and recognized it's, there's just a lot of this that we just don't know. But we're more than, just, more than just a brain and more than just a body. You're a spirit. And our spirit is what connects with God. This is where we want to focus in on why the heart's so important. People talk about, I really need guidance and direction from God. Well, we're going to find that it doesn't come uh, necessarily through our feelings. It, it, it comes through our, our, our spirit. My mom, who was um, who's still living and uh, is, is a wonderful Christian lady, but she was the big prayer back, uh, back in the day. And uh, she, used to get, she used to get leadings by, by chill bumps. And uh, we, we'd say something and mom would, she'd look at her arm, she'd go, ooh, you know, I sense the Holy Spirit. But she had chill bumps. So we kind of, we kind of went by mom's chill bumps. And uh, I, I remember I was watching a basketball game one time and Michael Jordan knocked down a shot and the University of North Carolina won the national championship and I got chill bumps. And I'm thinking, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's Michael Jordan shooting a jump shot. But the idea is it's not the chill bumps. It's not the body. It's our spirit that makes the connection with God. Our spirit is the, is the lamp of the Lord. We'll get back to that later. But in this verse in Romans 8, it talked about being spiritually minded. It said to be carnally or fleshly minded, only what we can feel, only what we can relate to maybe intellectually. To be only that, it said it's not going to produce, it's, it's going to produce death. It, it separates us. Being spiritually minded produces life and peace. Now, it's going to make us different from the culture and the environment around us. It has to be more, being spiritually minded has to be more than a feeling, has to be more than an emotion. It, it's got to be a, a mindset. So a big part of being spiritually minded is what are we thinking about? What are we thinking on? Now, we're thinking all the time. But you know and I know that if you start thinking about things that are negative, man, it can, it can really mess with you. I mean, I can walk in the house and Joy look at me and go, what's wrong? I'll go, nothing. And she goes, come on, we've been married 38 years. She's like, come on, what, why? Because what I'm thinking about is, is obviously not ministering life and peace to me. How many of you know you can be having a great day and you'd be thinking about and you're just having great thoughts and maybe you just had a great time with the Lord in the morning and, you're, and then somebody says something to you and it causes all your thoughts just to go tilt and you go negative and it messes with your day. And you were doing great and you had life and peace and now you don't. I think this is one of the biggest challenges that we're dealing with right now. It's all the negative information that's coming our way is causing people just to begin to go, they're, just, they're caught up. There's no, 
spiritual minded, there's not, there's not life and peace coming out. And so say, well, if I'm going to think life and peace, what are my options? Well, we're going to talk about your options, but one of the best ways I'm going to take you back to is I'm going to take you back to the scriptures because I can think about something someone said, I'm having a great day. Think about how good God is. Someone says something, a problem or negative or something someone said. And if I go there, I, I begin to lose peace. But if I go back to what the Lord says, if I go back to his word, how good he is, then it, it ministers life and, and peace to me. The, uh, the developing of this is, is called renewing the mind. And it's, it really is up to us. It's not up to God. Romans, the 12th chapter, verses 1 and 2 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is a reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and a perfect will of God. Now, this is a, a powerful little passage where Paul tells us what we have to do with our bodies. I think it's a big disappointment, or, or, and, and sometimes it's a shock to people to find out that even after they, they come and have a relationship and make Jesus their Lord, they still have some of the very same desires that they used to have. And, and the enemy just works on people for that. He'll tell them, you are a sorry Christian. I can't believe you had a, a thought like that. I can't believe you had a desire like that. And if you're not aware of his devices, you can begin to think, I'm a sorry Christian. And, and, and people have been saying, well, I, I guess I thought I made a decision for Christ. I guess I didn't. Listen, just because you have horrible feelings or you have feelings that are just not clean or not right does not mean you're not a believer. It means you're going to have to do something with your body. And so we have to present our bodies a living sacrifice, and there's nothing easy about that. But if we don't, if you let your body go, it'll do anything. It, it, it does crazy stuff. And then we have to renew or renovate our attitudes, our perspectives, and our patterns of thinking. Our attitudes, our perspectives, and our patterns of thinking. And this is what we're going to be talking about. How do we improve those? How do we begin to change that? One of the key ways we do this is beginning to use God's word as a filter, where his words form the basis of what we believe. Now, this is really uh, the crux of, of renewing our mind. What do I believe? Why do I believe it? What's the basis of that? So much of the time when you really begin to boil it down, people believe either what maybe someone's told them or they believe based off of an experience they had early on or they believe, you know, what grandma believes. They believe tradition. And so many things are, are, are the basis of our beliefs. Maybe, maybe someone, I mean, it can get to the point where maybe someone told you that you were stupid and you believed it. Or they told you you had no value and you believed it. And the thing about it is these can be crippling thoughts. Maybe someone told you you could never amount to anything. And so these are thoughts and often they're placed in our lives by people who are in authority or people that we do trust. But if we're gonna renew our minds, what we begin to do is go back to where God's word begins to form the basis of what we believe. You know, there's a lot of people right now that believe that that evolution is real. It's a theory. But a lot of people believe that this, this beautiful, precise planet and all the, the billions of people on it just happened. Well, if you only listen to science or you only listen to people who scoff at scripture, yeah, I, I, I guess it's, 
it's easy to believe that. It's a little hard for me to, to rationalize how all this order can come out of nothing. But I have a different basis of belief. And I go back to Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I believe that. So I don't, I don't believe I'm random. I don't believe I evolved. I believe I'm made in the image of God, that you're made in the image of God, that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. But see, I've gone back to the scriptures to base this is, this is what I believe. Now people say, oh, come on, come on, Alan, that's archaic. I mean, you know, the Bible, it's an old book. Yeah, but truth doesn't change. And truth, does, truth is eternal. And again, we're not, we're not talking about things that you can see and feel and, and touch. We're talking about things that are spiritual, things that are eternal. And so by faith, I simply believe God created the heavens and the earth. And so that makes the rest of the Bible a lot easier for me. We're not accidents. We were created by him. So as we're talking about this, I want, I want to talk a little bit about, we're talking about what we think about, but I also want to talk about switching what I call to thinking about the heart. It's a spiritual perspective. It's a heart first perspective. Our heart is important. Our text scripture said, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. That it's the life force in us that flows out of our heart. So we represent, we understand that our heart, our spirit represents the core of who we are. That it impacts our life and our spiritual condition can help us or it can hurt us. Now, there's some important instructions that are laid out in ways to protect the heart because it says keep your heart. The actually word means to guard your heart. And there's some great instructions on how to do that. And, and we'll be talking about some of this tonight. We're going to talk some of it next week. But we want to talk, how, how does someone say, how, how do I guard my heart? I'm a bit spiritual. And, you know, it's, you know, I'm having just to buy into that. How do I guard my heart? How do I keep my heart? Well, in the, in the previous verses in Proverbs 4, let's look at verse 20 through 22. Here's our instructions. It says, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Now it's giving us some instructions right there. He said, give attention. And then it says, keep your heart. So now it's telling us how we can do that. So let me just give you three quick things. What we are focusing on, our attention to, what we're listening to. What, what we give our attention to. It says, give, give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. One of the biggest things we deal with is the pull for our attention. And the pull is typically to go to the negative. The pull is to go to the, the immediate, the things we're dealing with. And yet the scriptures are saying, give attention to my words. And there's a reason for that. It said, don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Now that tells us something. That tells us that it's, it's easy to lose sight of what God's doing. It's easy to lose sight of his word. And, and we just get caught up in life and we get caught up in stuff and we get caught up in problems. And you're like, I, I can't help it. I, I can't help myself. Actually, we can. And we have to buy into that. We can. We can help ourselves. We can pull our attention off the negative and we can put it back on God's word and it's life to us. And, and just like Romans says, it's life and peace to us. And you know as well as I do, you can tell a lot of times what you're thinking on, where your attention is. 
by what's going on in your face, by what's going on in your demeanor. And so to protect our heart is a big part of what we're going to have to hang on to. So these instructions tell us that we can do this. And this is where we have to buy in that we can. I know people say, well, I can't control my thoughts. Yes, yes, you can. That's a lie. Someone told you that, or maybe you, your experience has told you that. Now you're going to have to learn and, and learning about focus and learning about some of the things. It's, it's new, but we can do that. And so I, I want to encourage you along those lines. But I, I want to I talk a little bit about the impact of this, why, why it's important to guard our heart. And this verse here in Proverbs 14:30 is really key. It says, a sound heart is life to the body, but envy is rottenness to the bones. A sound heart or a healthy, healed, the word, that word sound means a healthy, healed, peaceful heart impacts our physical bodies. And envy and jealousy are toxic to our health. Now we know that. You just, we hear the phrase, they are eaten up with jealousy. Have you ever heard that phrase? And, and maybe you know people who, who got jealous or they got bitter or they got this, this anger and it, it's, it's impacted them. And doctors would even tell you, you're going to have to give that up. That's not going to help you physically. What we're thinking about, what's, what's in our heart, if it's, if it's all these negative, toxic emotions, it, it can really wreck us and it can drain us. Now, I'll, I'll give you a, a great example of that. And I'll use me since I'm the only one here. But the idea is, is that what we're thinking on and, and allowing toxic things, man, we, we got to get rid of them. And, and I'm going to just give you a real practical, practical thing that just happened to me uh, recently. I had a relationship that I really think has taken a turn and it's, a, it's a, it, not a turn for the good, it's a turn for the bad. And uh, it's not joy or the kids or any of my staff. So it's none of you. So the idea was, I, you know, I took the thoughts about this relationship, put it aside. And then someone was mentioning something to me the other day. And this person came up and the situation came up. And I went from thinking really good thoughts to not so good thoughts. And I began to think about, what, well, they did this. And they said this and they didn't do this. I know I'm the only one that's ever dealt with that, right? So just indulge me while we have an Oprah session here. But the idea is that my thoughts were good, but then they went bad. And, you know, and, the, and the really bad thing about, about when you start thinking along those lines where the, where the thoughts go negative and toxic is they can start here and just escalate. I mean, you can start with something that might be a fact and before you know it, you've taken that thing to you have, you know their intentions and you know exactly what they're thinking and they're, and you know what I'm talking about. And so I, uh, I went home and I was, I was sitting, sitting around talking to Joy and uh, she asked me a couple times, are you, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. And I went in and uh, I sat down in, in, in my chair and I, I told the Lord, I said, I'm not, I'm not doing so good with this. My, my thinking is, is not too good here. And I recognized it. Remember, it says a sound heart is life to the body. It just kind of drained me. But uh, uh, a sound heart, but envy is rottenness. Well, I wasn't envy, but it was negative emotions. And I kept dwelling on it. So I went to what I call one of my go-to chapters. It's just one of my favorite chapters. It's, it's Colossians, the third chapter. And as I was reading Colossians 3, I just 
I hid. I just sat down and began to read them all by myself in my room. What am I doing? I'm, I'm taking my thoughts and I know I need to go in a different direction. I know I need to go with spiritual thoughts because I know my thoughts right now are not spiritual. They are nasty. And you think, you're a pastor. How can you have nasty thoughts? I'm a human. And nasty thoughts come to everybody. But we just, we have to learn what to do with them. So I went to Colossians and I hit Colossians, third chapter, verse 12. said, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved. Well, I just stopped right there and went, hang on, hang on. I am the elect of God. If you belong to Jesus, you are the elect of God. Holy, separate, and beloved. Much loved. That'll make you feel better just right from the start. We're God's special people. And we're his elect. He calls us his elect. That means we are select. That's good. And he said, as, as the elect of God, as representatives of him, his children on the earth, it says, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing one another, <clears throat> And forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so also you must do. And it said, above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you are also called in one body, and be thankful. Right there, verse 12 through 15, that was my answer. And so instead of thinking thoughts that were negative and judging and I had this person's intent and everything going. I, I, I said, Lord, I need to be merciful and have mercy on them. And, and I forgive them. And I'm not going to hold it against them. And I, I'm going to think thoughts that are good. And you forgave me. I, I forgive them. You see what I'm doing? I went back to what the scripture said. And this is where I put my thoughts. You said, that make it better? It didn't make it better. The peace of God, I think that's directly connected to the peace of God. You can't have the peace of God thinking nasty, negative thoughts. And so changing those and beginning to think just right in line with the scriptures. This is what the scriptures are saying. He said, do this. So I started doing that. Did I, did I feel better? I did. Sure did. I caught myself a couple of times having to go back to it because the thoughts will come again. It's not like they go away. Sometimes they're like a cat, man. They'll just hang around until you really just have to tell them, I am not going to feed you. I'm going to, to ignore you and you'll go find somewhere else. But thoughts can be that way. So these are just, these are some things, man. I, I, I love this passage. I'm going to share one, one more scripture with you and then I'll close. It's in Proverbs 15, 15. Look at this one, guys. I love this one. All the days of the afflicted are evil but he who is of a merry heart has a continual feast. It's a party or a problem. And so I, I want to have a merry heart. And I just wrote some things down here. To be afflicted means to be unfit, to be grievously affected. But because of the contrast, this is apparently referring to heart conditions. So this is a, an afflicted heart condition. The thoughts are bad, they're wrong, they're negative. But a merry heart is not gifted to some and missing to others. Now listen to me. It didn't say a merry personality that a merry heart. Didn't say that some have a merry heart and some are just going to be melancholy all their lives. It says a merry heart is directly related to what we're thinking about. And so I, I want to put my thoughts. <clears throat> Did I get to a better place when I started thinking those thoughts like, like it said in Colossians, the third chapter? Yes. Will it work for you? Yes. 
Is that being spiritually minded? Yes. Will that impact your heart? Yes. Is that a good thing for us? Absolutely. Because a healthy, sound heart, man, it's, it's life. It'll show up on your face too. It impacts every part of our life. Listen, if you've never made the biggest heart decision you ever need to make, and that's to ask Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, I want to give you a chance to do that. Or maybe you're like I was. I was raised in church, made a decision young, and realized I need to come back to the Lord at a later age. And if that's you, we're going to just say a very simple prayer. But sitting where you are or standing, wherever you are, if you're by yourself, you can pray it out loud. If you're with other people, you can pray it quietly. But this is just a powerful prayer. It's a heart prayer. It's a connection prayer. To say, Lord, I need you in my life. Because he's the one that, he's the one that not just gives us heaven when we die. He gives us a new heart down here. If anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. So let's pray this prayer. And uh, I'll, I'll pray. And then afterwards, let us know that you prayed it so we can pray for you. So let's pray this prayer. Say, Dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Amen. And that's a great prayer. That prayer basically says this. It says that we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that we're saved. It, it, it doesn't have to, you have to do anything special. You just got to believe that, that, that Jesus rose from the dead and you confess that with your mouth and call him your Lord. Bam. It's wonderful. And uh, you don't have to go to a certain church or, or give a certain thing. It's receiving him. He changes your heart. We pray real quickly for those of you who know the Lord, who've walked with the Lord and really may be struggling with your perspective, with your thoughts. Father, I pray for those right now who are struggling with the negatives, all the negatives that we're dealing with that just seem to pile up on people. Father, help them. Give them words, scriptures. Bring things back to their memory by your spirit that can cause them to think along a different line. And we'll give you all the praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. We love you. We're praying for you. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.